All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for, uh, for joining today. Uh, my name's Sean Massey. Uh, what we're going to talk about a little bit here is uh, I, get a, I get the opportunity to work a lot with Horizon 7 on VMware Cloud on AWS. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the lessons that we've, that we've learned here at VMware having deployed this in our lab. So first off, a little introduction uh, to who, about who I am. Uh, there are JSON errors hidden in there, so if you find them, you are free to tweet them at me. Um, it's a fun little game that I've started since I've uh, actually did that accidentally at a, at a VMUG. So I am here on staff at VMware, and I work in our cloud business unit, uh, where I focus almost entirely on end-user computing. And you can find me on social, my blog, and etc. So. Who doesn't know what VMware Cloud on AWS is? Right? It's not like they didn't talk about it today in any of the keynotes, or there's no sessions on it or anything. So there's only a couple of marketing slides in here. I promise I will keep them, them short, just because I know I'm standing between you and free beer just down the hall. So VMware Cloud on AWS is a strategic partnership between VMware and AWS. Right? It takes everything that VMware has on-premises and combines it with the, the cloud-based consumption economics and as-a-service offerings that Amazon can provide. Right, so this isn't just taking some bare metal workloads or bare metal nodes in AWS and slapping ESXi on it and saying, here's a service. We're actually jointly engineering this with AWS. Right? So can kind of see just a little bit of what the service highlight about what the service offers you know we we have an sddc running on aws bare metal but that's sold and operated by vmware jointly developed with amazon gives you everything that you get on premises but with the benefit of cloud consumption economics so when we take horizon 7 to that Right? You get the, the simplicity of that with the ability to stretch your end-user computing environments from on-premises to the cloud. So, all right, I promise that's it for marketing-type slides. Right? Right? Those are just basically to lay a little bit of groundwork um, on, on what it is. So, so how have we deployed Horizon 7 in my team's lab? Right? So this is kind of a production-ish lab environment. Uh, where we have Horizon 7.8 deployed in four NSXT-based SDDCs spread across the globe. <clears throat> We're also utilizing the Horizon CloudPod architecture so that as members of my team travel globally, they're still able to get back to their desktop regardless of where they are. Right. So we have a, supporting this, we have a global Active Directory and file services environment that's in place to support all of this and we utilize global load balancing built on Amazon Route 53. Right. So this, what's really cool about this is Route 53 allows us to do, actually do some geolocation based on the Amazon region that, we, that we've placed our SDDCs in. So it makes it really easy for us to set this up. We don't have to worry about what country they're coming from or what, what part of the country they're coming from. We could just say, okay, whatever gives me the best latency Based on these SD or based on these regions, you know, you Amazon, you figure it out and point people to the to the correct place. So, it also actually allows us to actively monitor each site. So if we take them down, 
uh, Route 53 will actually handle the failover for us. We don't have to worry about any of that, uh, building failover rules into the service. So here's kind of a visualization of the environment that we have. So we have, again, you know, four SDDCs scattered across the globe, uh, a good geographic distribution of them with Route 53 placed in front of them. And then here's how our lab kind of looks from a logical perspective. Uh, we have a kind of on-prem environment that's actually based in Rackspace that we use to simulate an on-premises environment. Um, other members of my team have uh, HCX set up, so we can actually simulate HCX and some of the stuff that they talked about in some of the keynotes today. So, now that's been about five minutes out of 27. Um, so what are some of the design considerations and lessons learned for placing Horizon in VMC? So there's a few key things. So first off, you know, just because there's a cloud service available doesn't mean you necessarily need to take advantage of it, right? There's a lot of possibilities and a lot of features out there. It's not necessarily always a good idea to use them just because they're there. And we'll talk about some of those options as we go through some of the design considerations. So when we look at platform deployment considerations, there's kind of five key things with Horizon 7 on AWS uh, that, that we need to think about. So the first is Active Directory, right? Active Directory is kind of one of the most important pieces of the puzzle in any enterprise environment. It's kind of that cornerstone that everything is built on. And when you start talking about Active Directory in the cloud, there's a lot of different considerations that you, uh, that you need to take into account. So we'll, we'll spend a couple of slides on that. Uh, Windows file shares are a, another big consideration. Um, VMware Cloud on AWS is built on vSAN. And vSAN is block-based storage. So it doesn't have any native capabilities for hosting files. So you need to have some sort of SMB or SIF share to host data on. Now this isn't just regular file data that we're talking about. This is also profile data. And when you start talking about stretching horizon between an on-premises environment and a cloud environment, or across multiple cloud environments, there's some considerations that you also need to take into, into account there. So, so DHCP is another one. And now this one is uh, not as big of an issue um, since, uh, since this, uh, earlier this year. Uh, generally speaking, the DHCP in NSXT for VMC is somewhat limited, right? I can set up a subnet. I can assign a domain name to, or, uh, a domain name to that or a DNS suffix and I can assign some DNS servers, and that's about it. So when you're talking complex EUC environments, you don't have a lot of options to set you know, other DHCP scope options. In, the, in one of the last releases of VMC, they actually added DHCP relay support. So I can now relay to a Windows-based uh, DHCP server or a service like Infoblox. However, that's kind of an all or nothing thing. If I turn it on, I have to do it for all of my subnets that I use DHCP for. Um, image management's a challenge, right? You know, since we're talking about syncing between cloud environments or from on-premises to the cloud, you know, we have to keep our images in sync. And so there's challenges to that as well that we have to, to work around. And finally, app volumes. Um, so app volumes has a multi-site reference architecture. 
that reference architecture actually requires a shared data store. So the problem with this is today in VMC, you only can use vSAN. There's no, there's no method to bring in additional storage, such as an NFS share from your on-premises environment, or even third-party uh, storage from Amazon using something like EFS. So there's no really good way to automatically replicate app stacks. So if you're, if you're doing app stacks, uh, you kinda, today it's kind of a manual process. You have to export them, copy them up, and then import them manually. All right, so let's talk about Active Directory, right? You know, I, I mentioned Active Directory is kind of one of the most important uh, services uh, for an, an, any end-user computing environment. And there's a number of factors we have to consider when designing after Active Directory for VDI in the cloud, right? So availability is a big one because Active Directory has to be available. If Active Directory is not available to our cloud service and users go to sign in, well, they're not going to be able to sign in, right? There's nothing there to authenticate them against. It also could be a problem because Horizon actually utilizes Active Directory as part of its desktop provisioning process. So when we're creating instant clone desktops, for instance, it's pre-creating the computer account, and then it's doing a domain join when that instant clone is created. If Active Directory is not there, the provisioning process itself will fail. So if we're considering a solution like this for DR, we have to design Active Directory to make sure that it's going to be there in the cloud, right? Another challenge with this is performance, right? So depending on where we have our domain controllers, that are, that's gonna have a big impact on how the Active Directory service performs, right? So having domain controllers remote to our service is going to impact login times, right? You know, if I, have my domain controller in a different site, I go to log in, it's gotta go over the network, process the login, come back, and then it also has to do things like group policy and pull that down. If I have file servers there as well, then it's gotta pull that stuff in. So you end up with a bad user experience when it comes to authentication and login. And the same goes for group policy replication and applying group policies. Again, if that domain controller is in a, in a remote site and I go to you know, apply that group policy, the experience is going to be bad because it's going to take longer to pull down group policy and apply them. I'm going to come back to security because that's every security person's favorite topic, Active Directory in the cloud, and talk a little bit about manageability. Right, so there's a number of different options which we're actually going to talk about on the next slide and as to how you could design an Active Directory environment for the cloud and, and what different customers are looking at. The challenge with some of these environments and some of these designs is that those, there's, there's design consideration trade-offs that can impact how you apply group policy and the challenges with managing group policy, as well as how you troubleshoot when things don't work properly. And there's a number of different architectures that involve multiple forests and multiple domains that for some organizations that are used to their typical, hey, here's my single AD forest, they wouldn't be used to. And they wouldn't know where to start with or how to manage it. And then there's group policy implications for that as well. If I'm doing group policy across a, tr a trust for VDI, there's certain group policy objects I have to turn on in order for my user policies to apply on a desktop that's not in my domain. 
So those two kind of go hand in hand because there's a lot of troubleshooting that can go into that when things don't work properly. And for organizations that aren't used to that setup, it, is, it, can, or it can be a burden to, to overcome. So now let's come back to security. Right? One of my favorite things is talking with organizations and saying, and hearing that they want to put VDI in the cloud, and then the security person going, but we can't have a domain controller up there. Full stop. Right? V, again, you know, if VDI depends heavily on that domain controller. So if that domain controller is not there, there's alternative designs you have to come up with. But most of those designs won't necessarily stand up in the event of some sort of outage. So let's kind of go over what some of those options are. So obviously, the best option is to put a full, re, a full domain controller into either EC2 or VMC. So it's right near where my desktops are. That, that's the best option, because it, it's a full read-write domain controller. It can do everything that you need, and you don't have to worry about it. If my on-premises location goes, goes away, I still have a domain controller. Another option that gets, that gets kicked around, and this is actually in our official Horizon 7 onboarding guide, is using a read-only domain controller in VMC. Now, the challenge with using a read-only domain controller is that it still relies heavily on a full domain controller. And if that full domain controller is, again, off-site, well, in the event of a disaster of some sort, a network outage or a full DR event, that read-only domain controller can't can't provision computers, because it's going to refer that domain join back to the full domain controller. Authentication also falls over in those cases, because while a read-only domain controller can cache passwords, it kind of defeats the purpose of having a read-only domain controller with a copy of my all my users' passwords sitting in the cloud. Right? At that point, why not just have a full domain controller? So there's a couple other topologies you can, con you can consider as well. Right? Resource domains or a resource forest where I have a, an Active Directory environment that is connected to my on-premises Active Directory through a trust. Now, this actually may be a really, a really good architecture depending on what you're trying to do. So some environments, if you're looking to use the, the VMware Cloud on AWS environment for like a seasonal workers, for instance, right? Where those are workers who are going to be there temporarily. They just need some access to some applications back on premises. You know, that could work really well because I can just put all their accounts in that, in that forest. I can put all the computer accounts in that forest. If my on-premises environment fails in some way, if my network connection fails, they can still sign in. And depending on what applications they're using, they can still work. Right? If I'm looking at this from a disaster recovery perspective, on the other hand, I may end up in a, in a situation similar to a read-only domain controller environment where my on-premises goes away, my cloud environment is functioning, I can provision desktops, but users can't authenticate, right? which again defeats the purpose of having it as a DR environment. Now, kind of a, a subcategory of that is that Amazon has a managed Active Directory service that runs fully in EC2 in the, in the uh, customer environment that's connected to VMC. Uh, there's a challenge with this, though, right? So this environment requires a little bit of special configuration, right? They do something, they do something different in how Active Directory is structured. 
So computers don't go into the, the default locations. You don't have full admin rights on that domain, and you don't have the ability to fully manage everything. The other thing is if you're looking at doing something multi-region in VMC, where you have Horizon in two separate regions, the Amazon Managed Directory service is region-specific. So I may need to have two different ones depending on what I'm doing, which again adds to a little bit of management overhead. And finally, the last one's a really bad option, which is don't put any domain controllers in the cloud, and that's just kind of like rolling the dice. You know, that, that's the one where once you do it, it may work when you test it, but something bad is definitely going to happen and your whole environment's going to fall down. So networking and Active Directory service availability kind of go hand in hand. And these can be two of the biggest challenges in designing a, an effective um, Active Directory environment, or excuse me, an effective VDI environment. And they can also be huge design drivers because whatever the security team says is probably going to be what your design requirements will be. So, so now let's talk a little bit about file services. Right? File services are another big option or a big design consideration. Right? Because file services are where user data is going to live. And user data needs to be accessible and quick. Now, this can be in two different ways, right? First off is going to be user profile data, which is going to load at login. And if that's not local and easily available, you're going to have a bad login performance, which is going to turn people off to the service. The other thing is it's the other type of data is their you know, their department file shares. And so those may not be as important. Pulling data over, over the wire may not be as big of a deal, but still, if there's latency there, a bad performance could turn users off to the service. All right, so what are some options here that we can look at? Uh, the first, obviously, is some sort of Windows file server or, or file server appliance. And there's a couple of trade-offs here that you need to consider when doing this. Uh, you have to consider data locality versus ongoing operational cost versus resource consumption. And those three kind of go together, right? You want your data to be close, but when you're going to run this in the cloud, depending on where you run it, you may be adding additional expense to get properly sized EC2 instances, or you may have to make a trade-off between having storage available for persistent desktops and storage available for file servers, right? If you put stuff in EC2, there are potentially some network limits that may impact your performance, right? Every EC2 instance has a, has a network throttling on it, right? There's so much bandwidth that you get per instance. And while you can contact Amazon support and have that increased, you may not, you may not know to do that until you run into issues. And finally, if you're using DFS replication, you have to know um, how much bandwidth you're going to, going to use replicating files. Replicating into AWS is free, right? They want, you to bring, they want you to bring stuff into the cloud service. But if you want to replicate back, say you're doing a, a two-way DR type thing or you have active-active file shares, everything that gets replicated out will cost you money. So you may have unexpected bandwidth charges. So there's a, another option also available. This is kind of more of a, a native cloud services option, uh, Amazon FSx for Windows File Server. So this is a service that is tied to a specific region. It will work in multiple AZs, 
but it, it's not truly multi-region. You can, you can connect it across regions, um, but again, you still have that outbound bandwidth problem where you're paying for, for data that's transiting between regions. Um, it doesn't replicate with on-prem content. Again, you can replicate content in, it's not very easy to get it out. And finally, this service requires Amazon Managed Active Directory. So if you want to take advantage of a native file service in the cloud, you have to also have Amazon's Managed AD. So that might mean network trust, or excuse me, Active Directory trust between on-premises and the cloud. All right, so multi-site image management, right? There's a couple of ways you can do this, right? Automation, though, is the key, right? And th this goes for on-premises VDI as well as cloud VDI. You want to automate your image management, especially now with Windows 10 and the fact that Microsoft releases every six months, right? One of the easiest ways to kind of handle replication between sites is to just export your ODF or OVF and import it in your in VMC or your remote site. You could also utilize content library for this. However, we actually have a not supported but works nicely option of using S3 as a content library. So if you're interested in learning more about that, I have a link to a blog post up here. And also, now that we support DHCP Relay, you can look at things like using Microsoft Deployment Toolkit or SCCM, along with Power CLI to kind of automate some of your image building. So load balancing in AWS. So one thing about VMC is that NSXT does not have built-in load balancing for VMC. It has it for on-prem, it's not available in the cloud. So there are two native AWS load balancer options that you can take advantage of. Elastic Load Balancer does HTTPS only, but you could utilize this to load balance any of the Horizon components. We also have an application load balancer service that, that's more of a full service load balancer, um, but your resources that you're load balancing have to be deployed in the VPC with the load balancer itself. It won't work across the, uh, the connection between uh, VMC and the customer Amazon environment. If you're going to do any of the load balancing in native AWS services, you do need to have an internet gateway in your VPC. Um, and you also have to make sure your firewall rules are set up to, to work both ways. That is not set by default, either in VMC or in AWS. And AWS security groups in particular are the strictest by default. So you're gonna have to make sure you, you manage those, um, those security groups. And again, this can incur additional AWS charges for bandwidth um, and additional service utilization. All right, so one other thing I want to point out, um, you can utilize native Amazon services, other native Amazon services besides Route 53 and the, the load balancer services. Uh, you can utilize RDS, for instance, for the Horizon services, like the Horizon event database. This is fully supported. It works great with the free tier. So if you're doing a POC of some sort, you can, uh, can spin up a free tier database service and, and use it for testing. Uh, key thing to keep in mind here is when you provision this, um, in all the testing I did, the, uh, the first time I provisioned that database service, I would tell it specifically what AZ I wanted it in, and then Amazon would go, no, you really didn't want it there, you wanted it over here. So you'd have to tear it down and redeploy it. The second time, Amazon seemed to listen. 
Um, so you also want to make sure that whatever AZ you deploy it in is connected to your VPC, or excuse me, is connected to the SDDC. Right, so you want, if you have your VPC, you want to make sure you have a subnet in that availability zone that's the same one as your SDDC environment. And I have a walkthrough um, on my blog on, on how to do this uh, that, that is fairly detailed. So if you are interested in learning more, uh, we don't fully support every Horizon feature in VMC. We have a, a KB article out there that covers what we support and what we don't support. So finally, uh, here's that KB again. And if, you have any, if there's anything else you want to learn about this, we have some great resources. We have a Horizon 7 on VMC uh, guide that goes, that's a reference architecture and high-level deployment guide. Um, and we also have our uh, VMware EUC Tech Zone site that is uh, all sorts of deep information on all of our EUC products. All right, so I think I am almost at time. So no time for questions. <laughs> so, all right, free beer is that way. <laughs>